Hello and welcome to the Loud and Proud Sligo Talking Points podcast, episode 150 of the Loud and Proud podcast, and a very, very special podcast. I'm actually recording outside, you can probably hear the boards in the background, or maybe you can't. I'm sunburned, and I'm also celebrating a loud victory. What a victory it was, 318 to 114, and it just typifies <laughs> the ups and downs of being a loud supporter. In one 70 minute game, well probably more now with uh, these water breaks, but my God, it was in the mire. I didn't know what was happening, but it did and we're through now to the Division 4 promotional semi-final against Carlo, in Carlo, that's confirmed. So getting that out of the way and just a couple of housekeeping. The usual, I'm going to go through the flow of the game, I'm going to be a little bit slower. I was told that uh, by the brother that I, I go too fast through the, the run of the game. And uh, for those of you tuning in on GA Go, you probably missed the first 10 minutes of the game. So I'm going to slow it down and, and give that detail. And then i also going to have the reaction from Sligo Camp, Tony McEntee and Mickey Hart as well. And then I'm going to finish with the talking points. And then at the very end, I caught up with Conor Lynch this week. He is doing his fundraiser this week, kicking and making a point for So Sad. And that is starting this Friday in the Joes and Ardy and I think it's the Gates as well. But we'll hear from we'll hear from Connor at the end of the podcast and we'll finish with that. Um great initiative he's he's doing and he's he's raising money for a very worthy worthy cause. So the the loud loud and sligo and absolutely scorching Haggerstown. Now I know I'm 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 I might be over-egging the, the sunburn and the heat, but I, I, I am absolutely <laughs> scorched out of it. I can't feel my forehead, and I have the farmer's tan to beat the band here for, for training during the week. Um, but yeah, so the conditions were absolutely perfect. Um, the pitch is really, really good anyway down there, and it's just it's just made for a really, really good game and a good kind of venue. It, it was a good venue. It was set up really nicely. It was a, you could sense it before the game. Everyone was nervous. And I was fairly confident Lowe would do the business, but caught up with Gavin Cawley, who was on last week, caught up with a couple of other lads. And we were all kind of feeling good about Loud, and especially when we seen the, start, the starting team. So there's two changes from the last day. I would have tweeted that out or would have sent a message to all the Loud and Proud Patreoners who, who signed up to the Patreon podcast. And they would have got that before anyone else. And uh, the two changes were Craig Lynch starting instead of Martin McEnany. Um, McEnany still stayed on the bench. And then Emma Carlin, which is kinda, we kind of hinted at that during, during the week, as was predicted. Emma Carlin would force his way into the squad. And he came in at right half-back, pushing Liam Jackson into the wing forward position. And uh, Matt Corcoran makes way, um, having started the last day against Leitrim. So the team in full, um, Craig Lynch, Dan Corcoran, Dermot Campbell, Donald McKenney in the half-back line, Emma Carlin, Anthony Williams, Owen Callaghan, Bevan Duffy, Kieran Bourne in the middle of the field, Liam Jackson, Sam Mulroy, Kieran Downey in the half-forward line, Kieran Kiki Keenan, Connor Grimes and Ryan Bournes is the loud full-forward line. And, yeah, I thought that was a very settled team. Um, Sligo got the kiss of uh, the podcast, the Loud and Proud podcast. I, I, uh, we previewed we previewed the game last week. We previewed Red Oak Murphy and get the, the starting team, and he wasn't starting today. Um, I think it was yeah Nathan Rooney to start instead of him, and uh, that was, they, but they more or less as predicted team. Um, 
Dara Cummins was named left half and he played centre half he picked up Sam for the, for the majority of the game and Sean Carabin classy operator was good again today he he, he started on the 40 against Loud in that game 25, I remember in, in the Gaelic grounds and he played out in the 40 with 15 on his back number 11 Keel Lally started inside so um they got off to a blistering start. Really, really good start. Uh, Keelan Cawley came up and he scored right from the throw-in. Then Nathan Rooney gets a point early on. They were 2-1 up and we were struggling. And then after um, five and a half minutes to make it 2-1, Bevan Duffy got his first point of the day. His first point of the day. Yeah, you heard that right because Bevan gets a couple more points, a couple of really, really crucial points. But at this stage, it was all... Um, it was all Sligo they were dominating us they were winning everything and they were just really full of confidence and that was kind of typified in Niall Murphy we earmarked him former Irish uh, international uh, compromise rules player he gets a free kick in the left corner the scoreboard end of the Geraldines and he screws the ball over like it's for it's for a right foot taker to curl on his instep he hits it on the outside of his right boot and swerves the ball over the bar it's a hell of a free kick and it put them 3-1 ahead and you kind of thought, oh God, here we go. Then it got worse when Mikey Gordon took Emma Carlin on the uh, on the outside, scorched through and blasted by Craig Lynch to make it 1-3 to a point. And you thought then, five points down, we'll do very well to get back here at five points down. Um, we were playing with the wind at this stage as well, so that, that added to the kind of anxiety and you kind of... Uh, the woes, um, but Bevan Duffy battling Bevan Duffy, he uh, kicked a second point, a booming point from long range, really, really good score, and really badly needed that stage as well. He needed to stay in the game. Bevan showed that experience, the former captain, and to nail it. Carabin as well, he was very, very lively, very hard to uh, keep a handle on. Um, it's kind of Andy Williams was playing centre half, playing rightly too. But Carbon was on the 40 and he was dipping out the field and you're kind of wondering, would you better off putting a clamper on Carbon and just completely snuffing him out of the game? Uh, but no, he, he got a point from play. Then uh, Gordon added to his goal um, with a point, lovely corner on the left wing. Then Casey gets a point, comes up the field, gets a point. And at, at this stage, like it's not like Laird aren't getting their attacks, but we're very w- w- uh, wasteful. Um, Sam misses a free off the ground. He starts hitting him out of his hands. He kissed him wide with a couple of lashes. We couple of, we won short from Kieran and uh, from uh, Emma Carlin as well. But uh, Casey comes up the field and cords one over the bar, um, and then Carbon flicks over the bar with a possible goal that makes it one six to three points. Downey gets a nice point. Sam gets another free, and we just kind of get back into the game, and and. Sam gets that point in the free because it was a dodgy kick out and the full-back Eddie McGuinness has to foul Kieran Kiki Keenan who was very quiet because we had no real platform in the game. Their midfield was very dominant, very solid. Paddy O'Connor and Paul Kilcoyne, they were, they were, they were very good in the air. They, they, they knew, they know each other's games. They played midfield together for Sligo for years. They had that bit of familiarity and they were just bossing it. They were winning all around the middle of the field on that breaking ball. And uh, we just couldn't get a platform with any sustained pressure. Ryan Bournes wasn't getting into the game. Kiki Keenan wasn't getting into the game. And we were living off scraps. Connor Grimes couldn't get the ball. But we capitalised on that just before halftime because the game got a little bit messy in the next three plays. Um, Sam nails that free and Eddie McGuinness gets a black card. So they're down to 14. You think, right, we, we might push on here and get back into it. 
Next thing, Anthony Williams gets a black card, um, and their goalkeeper comes up and nails it one seven to five. Uh, and Williams actually goes off. He was going off injured anyway, but he get, he gets taken off. He, he he's going to get taken off, but he gets the black card as he goes off. Uh, Sean Lavery's referee. Uh, I didn't think it was a black card. Going to put that out there, but um, he Williams was kind of a doubt during the week. Played and whatever way he overextended himself in that kind of collision. He gets a black card, and then Bevan Duffy gets another gets another black card. So we're going from a man up to being a man down to fourteen thirteen, but still we stay in the game. Liam Jackson gets a great point to make it one seven to six. Sam gets another score, um, his second free, to make him one seven to seven. <coughs> Murphy was fairly fairly good. Now he gets his second point this time from play. To make it one eight to seven, and we're just slowly but surely creeping into the game here. Even though we're fifteen thirteen down, when there, McGuinness comes back onto the field, Casey gets uh, gets another point. And then he gets his third point, um, very similar to the to the, to the second point. He come, like he comes on on that right channel and, and calls it over the bar, but the second point he runs through and breaks on. You think he's just shoot, he was going to shoot? He was going he was going to uh, force it. Stops, compose himself. Uh, Kiki Keenan makes the man kind of drift off and give him Casey a little bit of space and he curls over the bar to make it one eight to nine two points in it but Carabin comes up at the end with a free just at the end of the half to make it one nine to nine and uh, it was a deserved lead for Sligo there probably should have been a little bit more ahead we were so wasteful so we hit eight wides in the first half um, to their two um, and we hit one short as well and it just looked like oh god this is going to be a long long year now um, with with a couple of weeks now to pl- to wait to play um, awfully and then you know if you can't beat Sligo how are you going to be awfully and you're looking at 12 months now waiting for the county team to get back into it so it's all that talk at half time and then next thing from the throw in there was a bit of a switch um, Sam Mulray went in for the throw in with, with Casey um, you would have seen it at club level some clubs do it I think the the Mockers do it a lot as well where they put the lad in the middle of the field and similar to Dublin similar to other teams it's the best chance of getting a goal right from the throw in and it, it it kind of uh, it, it gives you an advantage because if you get the overlap because you're, you're right through once you win the ball from the throw in it gives you a great chance it opens up for you and the better man to get the ball 40 yards from goal is Samuel Roy Gets the, Casey does well to flick it on to, to his path Sam drives through looks to take the shot and go on a little bit more goes on a little bit more takes the shot gets a deflection that goes in but that's it draw match 1-9 apiece and he thought yes here we go um, Murphy gets a free in response but then it's all loud Bevan Duffy comes back in and lashes the ball over the bar after his um, after his uh, black card and then Anthony Williams he's replaced by Niall Sharkey who comes into the team um, Conor Grimes gets his first point lovely point off balance calls it over the bar that's one eleven to one ten. Um, we take the lead for the first time in the game then Samuel Wright gets a goal off a hot ball from <coughs> it was a it was a it was a bad kicker they didn't kick it they didn't um, they didn't uh, go outside the D no, that that rule. So they didn't go outside the D. The ball gets hopped up, hopped. Conor Grimes is bare in the square, palms it down into the path of Sam Murray. Bit naive in their part, didn't have Sam 
shackled. He gets it, makes no mistake. That's two eleven to ten. Callahan comes up, narrow, works it on the narrow side on his trusty left foot. He lo- he's shooting for, clips it over the bar. Lovely point. He's getting more advanced now. We're building the pressure. Sam then on the loop, showing what he can do from play to kind of stick it to Gavin Cawley, and then Kieran Keenan gets his first. Po- uh, sorry, gets his goal. Lovely. Sam's in full form now, full flight, making the right decisions. Confidence is up, the whole confidence is loud, is up, and he lays it off to the on rushing Kieran Keane, who makes a great finish across the goalie. Do love seeing the net, the net, the far net ripple. That made a three thirteen to one ten. So we rattle off three five, I think, is it? No, three four to one point, and then they get points with Murphy free just before the, the second half water break. But that third quarter. Blitz just won the game for us. It really did. It just the game was over at that stage, and you're like, "This is unreal." We thought we're gone at half time, and then we go out and do the business in the start of the second half. Then we keep the foot on the gas, as Colin Corrigan. You'll hear Colin saying that to Mickey. You know, we've learned a lesson again. Kiki gets a lovely curling point, curler, and then Kiki again that puts it out at three fifteen to one eleven. Peter Norton comes off the bench to knock more man from Mayo widely touted to be starting um, but didn't get in <laughs> he got he uh, he got a score back but it was all loud they were they were kind of they were, they were looking out the, out the gate then Decky comes off the bench and gets gets three frees just sees out the game lovely composure um, great impact off the bench like we, we've been saying on this podcast Caravan replies with a free and Barry Gorman replies with a free but it's Decky that just sees the game out 318 to 114 brilliant brilliant win uh, four loud we, we now play in a promotional semi-final against Carlo in Carlo was kind of confirmed after the game I didn't know but the way the way the other games have gone in the other divisions, that your toss for there was a toss up for the venue. It could have been a neutral venue, but uh, with Carlo only playing one home game because there's only three teams in their group, we got two home games. It was going to be played in Carlo, so that game's in Carlo in a fortnight's time. I'll be building up on the Loud and Proud Patreon podcast for the month of June. So do sign up. With, I, have, I have a few interesting ideas what we're going to do. Plenty of people after games that we can talk about how Loud's going at the moment and a few Loud Carlo collection, uh, connections. So we, we get stuck into them and maybe analyse that and we'll preview them and see what they're, how, how they're shaping up as well. Um, but now we're going to hear from Tony McEntee, disappointed Tony McEntee, the, the, the new Sligo manager. And uh, then we'll hear from Mickey Hart. Tony, I'm sure you're bitterly disappointed with that result. Yeah, very disappointed. Oh, a good first half, very encouraging first half. Yeah, it very, very well the first half. Um, you know, uh, in a lot of aspects of it, a huge amount of aspects, you know, competitive business, you know, breaks, possession of the ball, scoring opportunities. So, uh, all the more surprised then when the second half turned in, well, the third quarter, I guess, and turned into such a massive, you know, and, and how we responded to that. You can't really do much about the way the, the goal they, they got as well. It's a bit of fortunate the way it came off a leg, but it's what you make on it. Yeah, I believe he's after running 40 yards, was he, at that stage? Like, yeah. you know, so uh, I'm not quite sure. That's 40 yards to the centre of your defence. Um, that was first and second was a hot ball that they won and offloaded nicely and finished well. Like, again, these things shouldn't be happening, you know. So, uh, I think, despite now after that, we, we did step back and we never looked as if we were going to get back into the game after that, you know. And, and can you take, I mean, based on the positive first half, and then the second half, I mean, I suppose you've seen, you've seen what can go well and what can't. 
Yeah, but that's the frustrating part, isn't it? Like, you know, you know there's an awful more on this team and they can play good football when they get going. And that's the case against Antrim and uh, the case also against the Roberts who played. And uh, so, so there's loads of opportunities of good football. I suppose the thing is, though, you know, uh, we have a season done, yes, a short season done, you know, but another season where we have a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, but no progress, you know. And, and I suppose in the day we're all looking progress. And progress this year was to try and get into a semi-final of the, of the league and try and look for promotion, you know. And we had, we, well, realistically, we had two good opportunities. We had a good opportunity in Antrim, it didn't work out for us. And we had a good opportunity here today, and even at half time, it looked like a good opportunity, you know. But it wasn't to be. When you sit down and analyse it, Tony, would you be disappointed that after the two goals there wasn't much of a response? Uh, yeah, I will. I, I don't know why. No idea why. And maybe it's. Uh, listen, I, I have no idea. I, I need to watch the video again. But, but certainly that's that's the biggest. Um, Disappointment for me is how we responded to the two goals at that stage. You know, it was a 12-point turnaround in that third quarter, and and the young with the game is dead. Because there was a kickback in in against Antrim one day. You know, you, you kept. Yeah, going there. I there were two goals early on in that game. Obviously, in the the far back, and I didn't seem to disappoint them. You know, the two goals here, and then seemed to stop. You know, when I was talking to Andy McIntyre recently, and 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 they played down last week, and you know, they were after getting two goals, and then straight away down then. Seemed the game just seemed to run away from down, you know, and that was very much the us today. Like once the goals come in, for whatever reason, we, we we just struggled to get any movement after that. And because it was hot and but it was the same for both sides. Does the momentum to kill makes Sligo have no energy? Do you think? Or? No, 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 absolutely not. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, like Labour, uh, well organised and structured down in that second half, and they conceded kick out to us and then took the ball off us in the middle of the field and they did it time and time and time again, you know. Um, and so that's something as well we got to learn from, like you know. We just fell into a trap and, and worked really well. I know it's a heavy defeat in the end, and they kicked they kicked twelve wides. Is that a big concern as well to lose by the margin did and, and to kick so so much wides? No, well, them wise, it was eight in the first half, like so they didn't really miss much second half. And to be fairness, you know, after the goals and we stopped anything after that's irrelevant. You know, the game is just motionless really at that point. Uh, Mickey, you'd have to be pretty happy. Uh, the outcome that you were hoping for mightn't have looked uh, likely, certainly at half time or various stages of the first half. But what a turn around that second half! Yeah, it was a, a great sort of, I suppose, example to what you can do with a game. Uh, we didn't play well in the first half, and Sligo played very well. They were, they were very clinical in their finishing, um, and they were playing against the breeze. And they played the game on their terms in the first half, and we felt we could have done better. I think we were depending on the breeze to carry the ball over the bar, but that's not the way life works. <laughs> you have to be accurate to get the ball over the bar, and we wasted too many chances. So it was a question of settling down and playing the kind of game that we play best in the second half. And I was running the ball, carrying the ball, putting it through the hands, and making sure you were in the scoring zone before you shot. And you know, I suppose going against the breeze, that was the thing that happened. You know, we, we got into closer to goal before we took our shots, and therefore we had a, a better uh, return from that. Yeah, but I suppose the important thing was the first score so quickly and the goal that took us back in level terms like that and, and it was a shock to their system so I think we were fortunate that that was the first score we got of the second half I was just going to ask you that score from Samuel Roy less than a minute of the second half you couldn't have scripted I suppose a better time to score a goal when you were behind it really brought you back into it and it seemed to knock the stuffing out of them a bit yeah th- there's no doubt about that and, and I suppose it, it, it knocked energy into our players because they didn't have to fight their way back point per point because that was going to be hard work and in doing that there was always going to be a chance the opposition to get a score or two as well but I think that shocked Sligo and, and, and it took them a while to get over it and by the time they got over it first water break we had a decent lead 
and, and I think then it was a question of conserving that lead it was what we had to do you know I know the bad things that you mentioned that you did in the first half it was a complete turnaround everything was done to perfection in that second half literally well not say everything but there was much more done the way we wanted it done and the way the players are capable of doing it and I think you have to give the players some credit there because they were staring defeat in the face uh, coming out to play against the breeze already three points down and things not going too well for them so I think it asked a lot of them and, and they delivered and I think that's what we want to do give these men a bit of belief that they can do things they can turn things around that they are, are quality players who you know won't always produce their best but if they keep working at it you know their best will come I mean that third quarter the, the winning of the game but you kept the momentum going even in the final quarter obviously lessons perhaps learned from last week in Carrick and Shannon well absolutely it's, it's vital as opposed uh, you know, you're right in the first water break last week we were in a strong position and before we knew it we were down at half time so we had to use that to say you know when we got ourselves in a good position again we, we don't let this slip two weeks in a row so that that is the most had it ready just for the fact that if you rest in your laurels suddenly they get a goal maybe a second one and then game on again so as a question of keeping them at bay restricting them to points if anything and, and, and keeping that gap wide and picking off a few scores yourselves a number of black cards it was a bit stop start on occasions um, as a manager how, how do you deal with that or what, what's your views on it oh, it's very difficult I mean there's, there's so much you know so many variables around this black card and uh, you know sometimes you don't think they are one and other times you know they definitely are ones but there's some of them now are quite dubious but as the man says you have to deal with what's in front of you and you know, everybody sets out to do their best and sometimes we don't see it that way. <laughs> and again, you showed today the value of your bench. You had some fellas that you put on, obviously, to get the game time into them. Declan Bourne contributed a bit, a few other fellas as well. Yeah. Um, in this shortened campaign, we mentioned before, Mickey, how vitally important subs are, are, are and will be going forward. Well, absolutely. It was great to get those boys some game time and they're, they're trying, they're working hard, they're training away and, you know, there's still some people haven't got much game time but that's life. You know, the 35 in our panel, we won't be able to use them all all of the time but the fact that those other men are there working hard pushing on the people who are starting at the minute um, you know that, that that's good for the squad so everybody knows that that there's a numbers game and we can't accommodate everybody but we'll do our best to try and do what we can to give the people who need game time and are in form at that time nothing won yet obviously you still need to win a semi-final to get promoted um, it'll be heads down now I'm sure for the next fortnight preparing for Carlo uh, without a doubt I mean it's, it's, it, we, we gave ourselves a knockout competition when we lost the first game we couldn't afford to loss anymore that hasn't changed after today we, we have what we would consider a league final now because here wins that's promoted and without talking about the actual league final this is a league final Carlo will be thinking the same thing and they're at home for this so yes this is, a, this is a tall order the thing gets tougher as we go along here you can see more progress in the team today certainly the second half even from, from last week yeah we're a work in progress you know I think we played some very good football today against Antrim as well but we didn't get the result so therefore that tends to be overlooked I think we played really good football that day in spells we played more good football at, at Leitrim and I suppose that second half was a dream half for us Kieran Downey you took him off towards the end was that precautionary he picked up a knock just before that aye uh, well he picked up a knock actually in Leitrim the week before and he nursed it a bit during the week and it had been a big shift and we were lucky we were in a position to be able to take a man that got off because he's a serious player and he wore an Andy McDonald that knee injury well no there's nothing going to happen in, in a fortnight anyway so we have to just monitor it and hope that after that he may be able to start some work again thanks very much Mickey you're very welcome he was Anthony Williams there <coughs> is that the injury that he was carrying an injury into it and then 
and then and not rush for that ball I think he did it properly you know so it seems like a hamstring could be problematic can't see at this moment in time it'll be difficult in two weeks to be ready you know Thanks, Mickey. Thank you. Uh, Mickey Hart there giving injury updates. It's just, it's just, it's still brilliant. Like the fact that you have Mickey Hart giving injury updates on on local players, you know, um, it's just savage. And you hear him there, like he speaks so much sense. The speed of the goal, the um, the work in progress, the league final, and um, crediting the players, they showed us. Um, he's speaks an awful lot of sense and uh, an awful lot of talking points in that as well and speaking of talking points let's get into it right now okay i have a list here in front of me of nearly a thousand talking points but the first talking point i want to talk about is attacking football i i i was kind of a lot of people would say um and i questioned this at the start a lot of people said, oh, Mickey Hart, he's going to come and bring this defensive football to Loud. He's going to make us play defensive. Oh, look at us all men behind the ball against Antrim. Look at us again uh, again today in the first half. And I, 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 I put it out there as well when he was with Tyrone. I, like, I'd love to know where this defensive football came from. I know they did set up fairly rigidly against Dublin but in that All-Ireland final. But that was a plan. There was a plan with that. I don't think we play defensive football. I don't think Mickey Hart plays defensive football. Even back in the early, the early stage, 03-05, he had those really star forwards that work really hard. Like I said, Duhar, but he he had class going forward as well. You had Mulligan, O'Neill, um, Brian McGuigan pulling the strings as well. So I don't know where this... I just want to put it out there because he's not playing defensive football loud. We're very attacking. We're getting men behind the ball. We have that platform to attack. We get massive turnovers. We work really hard. And it's just, it, I just want. This is one of the talking points that we are really good to watch. You know, where every single one of our forwards, um, no, Bar Ryan Bourne scored today. Um, two midfielders got three points apiece. We we cut them apart with three with three goals, three well taken goals. We put like it was a win of based on attacking football and hard work. I know you're getting men behind the ball, but that is not defensive in my eyes. That is just the way modern football has been played today. You get back a number, you attack in numbers, and you, we can we can mix it as well. We can go direct to Conor Grimes, we can go um, direct in the middle of the field now with Craig Lynch in there. But that's just one thing I wanted to say that is really, really um, needs to be stated. That this is Mickey doesn't play defensive football. It's not defensive football. He, it's it's uh, if anything, it's attacking. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. That's talking point number one. I can write that down now. Talking point number two is Sam Mulroy's response to Gavin Cawley during the week. Um, <laughs> that was just a cheeky one. If you haven't signed up to Loud and Proud, <coughs> you mightn't have heard it last week, but um, um, Gavin Cawley said he wasn't overly impressed with Sam against Leitrim, and I think Sam fairly well uh, silenced him today. And if you want to listen back to that podcast, or indeed if you want to listen to the rest of the Loud and Proud talking points, sign up now on patreon.com to get the rest of them. I'm going to have them all on that there now. So that's that's all your talking points. The, the first two were for free. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for you for signing up to the patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. The numbers are growing and growing, growing by the minute, which is great to see the interest there. And it's growing and growing and growing. I'll be more than welcome. I'm more than happy to talk about football, hurling and football. Um, Horlers are playing next Sunday. 
it allowed ladies one today so they realigned their promotion um, with a 4-14 win but yeah that's the talking points and I just want to finish now with Connor Lynch I was going to say Connor Grimes no Connor Lynch um, I caught up with him during the week to kind of fill us in on this uh, this Friday the 4th and all day Saturday the 5th and 6th of June he'll be going around the county kicking it and kicking a point and making a point for so sad so here's Connor and then I'll come back at the end and finish Connor you never told me you were a Pats man uh, well I'm a former Pats man yes I, I didn't know that I thought you were, I thought you were Sean's true no but... no no I'm, I'm former Pats man when he was 16 I moved up uh, I moved up to the Sean McDermott because uh, I'm living up I'm living up here now and um, who's who's on your Pats team any boys that went on to win championships uh, who would no there wouldn't have been there would have been few knocking around the Pats panel the last time that they won the championship uh, the likes of Daryl mm-hmm. Alfredy and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean McGill and uh, Daniel Rice, Cahill Grogan, a few of them, Grogan, few of them guys, yeah. like you know. Yeah. Uh, so no, myself and Carl played underage football together. And what about the Shans then? Who'd you play with in the Shans? Uh, the Shans. Well, yeah, any of the boys is playing now. Yeah, yeah. And what what happened? You got injured, did you? Got injured. Uh, got injured a couple of years. Well, actually, the injury occurred when I was in primary school, and it just oh, right. it kept on, it kept on developing in that, but. Uh, so you just had to get I had to get an operation done on my knee and so you I just it it's it just never felt right. right. See, I, I I'm near I'm near afraid to go back to play football because in case <laughs> I in case I injure myself again, you know. I know. See I thought your uh, I thought your Sean's went through and through. I didn't know there was a big money transfer up to the Sean's. Nah, no Stu uh, yeah, that 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 was that was right. Um Iggy no, Cor- no. Iggy Corrin must have Got broke the checkbook out to get you. No, 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 no. There was no big money transfer involved. Mm-hmm. now. So come here, Connor. Right, this Saturday and Sunday, you're you're kicking a point for so sad. Uh, yeah. Have you been training? How will the knee hold up? Yeah, yeah. I think it will. So you, myself, and Evan, we've been out kicking a couple of times, and the knee knee's feeling good for it. So um, no, we're going going rightly. Um, now the other thing is, is that there's there was a slight change of plan. There's three clubs that have asked me where I go. To, well, between them and myself, they asked me where I go to them on Friday evening. Right, So Friday the fourth. So I said I would. So the three clubs I'm going to on Friday is R.D. St Mary's, St Joseph's, and then Dark Ales. Okay, okay. I'm doing them three clubs on Friday. Uh, it suited them better and suited suited myself better in a way. So people can call to yourself down on the pitch when you're coming. I'm sure yeah. you have it. You'll have it up, will you? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll post a link as well when you're going and you yeah. get donations. Then uh, who's who's going along with you? Evan Board. Evan Board. Yeah. Uh, myself and Evan have been friends in this last couple of years, um, and uh, we just decided. Uh, but back in March, we sat down and I said to him. Do you know what I'd like to do? And he says, what? And I said, I'd like to do something for Soul Sad. And he was like, okay. And then I started telling him about this idea that I was having about going around all the GA grounds and loud and kicking a point in each of them. Yeah, where and did that come from, Connor? Where did that... I, just, I, I saw... Um, I heard of 
a person who done it. Uh, yeah. I think he, I think he done all the clubs in the country or something like that. I think it was. Someone was telling me that, and then uh, I just said to myself, "It'd be interesting now. Could we do something around the county?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing I done was I rang the county board chairman Peter Fitzpatrick, and I told him about this idea, and I says to him, "What do you think?" And he says, "Yes, one hundred percent." The county board will back you the whole way. Whatever you need, there's there's no bother. Uh, so I'd like to thank Peter on the, the county board for that. Uh, and then after that, it was just looking at the club, seeing could we get permission into the grounds. And every club, I have to say, like they've been a credit to work with. Like they've they've supported me. Like and anything they need, uh, there's no there's no bother. Like you know. No, I, 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 you have a timetable up of which. You're going, yeah. I, I kind of the Saturday. The Saturday, we are starting in we're starting in Curly Kickham's right. on Saturday morning. We are doing all of the dark on Saturday, yeah. And we're doing uh mid loud, like as in we'll be doing the Marktas, the Glide Rangers, Animan and Rovers, the Brides, the Westons, the Shawns, the John Mitchells, and Stevan and Paranels. The Van and Paranels will be the last club that we do on. Saturday evening, right, and then and then on Sunday we're starting in Castle Bellingham, and then we're doing Tohorn the Dreadnoughts and going up doing all the Drahara, and then coming back down we're stopping in Maddock Rangers, right. uh, Lan St Kevin's, Hunterstown, and then Peter Fitzpatrick asked us asked us would we finish it off in Dava on the Sunday, and I said yeah there was absolutely no problem with that. So uh, that's that's what we're finishing on Sundays in Dalva. Brilliant, brilliant. And there's, there's a lot of organisation, I'd say, with that, like logistically and all that, like, getting around and all yeah, that. Yeah, like it was, uh, like for an idea that was so small to start off, but it's just, it's taken off. And I have to thank, so like anything that I needed from Soulside, like whether it was donation buckets or T-shirts or that, there was... Uh, so sad, sorted all that out for me. And um, hang on, Connor, right? For people that don't know, or people are listening, mm-hmm. um, firstly, who are so sad? And, and then I want to ask why so sad in the end. Then, what so who are who are so sad? So sad are basically, um, save our sons and daughters, that's what it stands for. And basically, it's all about uh, mental health because I think mental health has been a big issue in this country over the last couple of years well obviously this last 12 months because of the pandemic that we're going through in that uh, a lot of people have taken their own lives from like from this a lot of people are feeling down a lot of people are feeling depressed by it and i think that was basically some of the reason why we went for suicide because there was a friend of mine a couple of years when this was before the pandemic started and he took his own life. In the Sean's? Uh, no, he wasn't the Sean's person. But there's a very prevalent um, man. I knew, I knew the chap very well in the Sean's took his life. So I know it affects all clubs dearly anyway. Yeah, and like it's, 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 I was kind of said to Evan when I was telling him about this idea, he says, I would like to give any money that we were raising this to so sad because of different reasons and that. But, uh, no, it's just so sad a kind of a charity that a lot of people talk about. Like, 
if you need any it's all this project is basically all about raising awareness for mental health that's what i would like to do showing people that there is light at the end of the tunnel and i'm doing that through uh gaelic football in loud very good and did, were you deeply affected by by your friend passing away uh i was because uh like he was he was my best friend at the time you know um so look at and she, you he was we don't we don't near everything together like you know you know that kind of way we talk to each other every day and that so it was just uh it was just a bit hard uh when it happened but luckily enough now i wasn't affected mentally by it but like you know what i mean i'm still still feeling still feeling down and sad about it like you know what i mean like when your friend goes of course you're gonna feel yeah. sad like you know but was it bold out of the blue yeah, it was just it was, it was a shock. It was it was a shock. It was a shock to the system and that. Um, but it says you life life goes on and you just have to deal with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose with, with football and you're doing the true Gaelic football, a lot of ways for lads to talk is like true football. And oh yeah, not the same with you with your friend. Yeah, like like you know what I mean, and I think by by saying like there is light at the end of the tunnel, I think a lot of people. Over the last twelve months, well, any footballers or uh, like any anything that got to do with sport, or just anything in general, yeah, yeah, you kind of miss the social aspect. You know what I mean? Going out training with your friends three nights a week or whatever, and having the crack and the buzz of training. You know, like the Sean McDermott's were training uh, last night, and I went up there, and just to see the boys there and having the crack, and you know what I mean? It's it just felt like something positive was happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think a lot of people have missed the social aspect of it, like not being able to see your friends over the last 12, 18 months, you know? And then the fact yeah. that there's no football on as well. No, no. Like, it was a very, it's a, I know myself, it's easy, it's an easy way to talk or bring up, and uh, sometimes it, you, you're not even, you're not even talking about what you want to talk about, you're just, you're just transversing through Conversing through football, like you, you could be oh, yeah. in the dumps. You could be saying, "Well, what do you think of that game?" or, "Or what? What did you think of Clifford's point?" It's just about connecting, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, so you like even if you're talking to anyone after the after the football or that, you know, yeah. a crack about it, like, "Or oh, what do you think of the game and that?" But like, you know, what I mean, uh, see, there hasn't been that this last eighteen months, and I think everyone that has got to do with GEA is looking forward to that like going to games whenever there's crowds allowed back in yeah. um, so luckily enough now football is starting now next week or the week after with the Kevin Mullen Shield and Paddy Shield and Cup and all that so like at least at least then there'll, there'll, there'll be football you know what I mean yeah yeah so and, and, and come here with, with so sad like how, how have they found it? Have they have they found like fundraising and and everything been very difficult throughout the pandemic? I would imagine. Well, I I honestly don't know the answer to that, Daniel. I wasn't really talking to them about that, but okay. in my opinion, I would kind of say so because, like, you know what I mean. Like, there's there's not that many people nowadays. Well, obviously, now in the last eighteen months, that have fundraised because, like. You know what I mean? I know times are hard at the moment and that, and people were off work with pandemic and that. So you can't really ask people for 
form for funds like you know what i mean like whether it be a fucking club whether it's a charity whether it's whatever then that's just my own opinion of it. yeah no I, I i'd agree with that like it's you can see that across the board even clubs are struggling like that's why I'm, I'm saying and i'm bringing it up they must be very welcome to like a new idea and someone taking it well, that's, like that. that's and as soon as soon as i got this idea i rang so sad i rang uh a woman in Sosad and I was telling her the idea and she was like that like she said like that's just a brilliant idea right, to, right. to do and that um so but like anyone I've spoken to over the last eight weeks about this idea is just like everyone's just been so positive about it and wishing us the best of luck and that like I think on the online donations we have I think two and a half thousand raised or something like so that far, already you know what I mean and like every single penny of that is going to Soulside and I know it's going to mean a lot to uh, to Soulside and like anyone that has donated or that is going to donate in the future or whatever it may be just thanks very much on behalf of me and Evan and the clubs and the county board for all the support it's just been absolutely brilliant brilliant I'll have a link up as well so I'll post that with this podcast yeah. also but come here what what pitch are you looking forward to most to kicking a point over and you probably kicked the point over them all then down through the years. <laughs> uh, no, down through the years. There's been a couple of pitches I was actually never in. Um, right, come on, which one? Come on, name and shame them. You name that I haven't been mine. in. Yeah. Uh, the Glen Emmets is one. I was right. never in the Glen Emmets. I was never in. I have the list of clubs. Would the Shaws not been playing the Glen Emmets? Yeah, I know that, but for some reason, whenever we do play the Glen Emmets in Tully Allen, I'm just never there. Right, right. Uh, the Glen Emmets is one I was never in. Um, where else was I never in? There was, a, there was another club I was never in. The Finbars I was never in. The right. Dreadnoughts I was never in. You know, like so I'm, 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 I'm interested in going to all these pitches and like talking to people as well. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I think actually the pitch that I'm looking forward to the most is really well apart from my own club I can't really say the Sean McDowell's because they're my own club I think the one I'm looking forward to the most is probably well the pitch I played on the most has been either Curly or St Patrick's so right. you're you, I'd, be, I'd, be look, I'd be looking forward to either, to either one of them but we've also we've got a player from each club to kick a pint with us as well right go on We've requested that, um, so some of the names that we got back like have been either in the county panel or knocking around the county panel over the last couple of years or 10 years or whatever. Uh, now, there is a few clubs oh, that have to come back. So that, with players so that's why, that's why I wasn't asked then to kick the point. Who's kicking the point with you from Colin? Adrian Reid. Oh, is he? All oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, no, well, funny enough, uh, you, you, you were next in line after Adrian. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But like just going through my list of names that I have here for people kicking with us, like Colin Judge, Brian White, Darren Clark, like, you know what I mean? Boys that have played with the county. You know, like these boys played with the county. You know? They could probably still do a job as well, Colin. They, prob- they probably still would do a job as well. But uh, look, that's neither here nor there. Um, that's, that's great though. Fair play to them for giving up their time as well. Yeah, and that's what I said to them. I I said to the I said to them, look, just thanks very much again, just for taking the time. It I know it's only going to be a couple of minutes and that, but at least at least you're there, and at least because 
the project itself is called Making a Point Together. So I would like a player from each club to help us do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but as I said, there's, there's, there's one or two clubs that still have to back me with players and that, okay. which there shouldn't be a problem with. Um, but no, we're looking, we're looking forward to it now. So, so you roll, roll, roll on next weekend. Yeah, well, you know what? I wish you the best of luck, Connor, on Friday when you start off. And I hope you're not too sore when it comes Sunday. <laughs> I'd say I probably will be sore on Sunday, but you're here looking. It's all going to be worth it in the end with the help of God. Yeah, well, best of luck. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast, Connor. No problem, Dan. Thank you. So that concludes today's podcast. Fair play to Connor. Wishing the best of luck. The link is up on the Patreon page and I have it on the, wherever you listen to the podcast as well. So please do fundraise or give him, give Connor money for that fundraiser because it's, it's a really, really good cause and fair play to him. I'm delighted to have him on. Great chap. Um, you might have heard him last year on the Loud, Loud Lou TV uh, GA Go. But that's it. That's all for now. That's all for this week. I will have more during the week. I'll have more coming next month on the Patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. I will be previewing this big Carlo game. We'll be catching up with the, the Horlers next week. They play their crucial win, big game on Sunday against Fermanagh. So it's going to be a hectic couple of weeks. What a win. What a sunburn. What a third quarter. What a blitz of a third quarter. Like, do you know what I mean? You're three points down and then you win by 10. 13 point turnaround. Actually, a 16 point turnaround. We're six points down at one stage. And then we just turn it on and just this. We play some really good football. One of the best loud performances I've seen in a long time. That was the Sam Mulroy game. He finished the top scorer in the division, Division 4 North. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, you probably count the, the playoffs. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go into this Carlo game with confidence. Um, Antrim play Waterford on the other side. Wouldn't put wouldn't surprise me if Antrim lose to Waterford. Um, put money on that. That's a bet out there. But um, thanks very much for listening to the Loud and Proud podcast. Um, thanks very much for signing up to the Patreon podcast. Momentum was building with Mickey and on the podcast as well. Thanks very much for tuning in. I will ch- talk to you again during the week. Good luck. Come on, Loud. Man, we just fell about the place If that chick don't wanna know, forget her